0: everybody. Um, I am Autumn Cole. My husband Jared and I have been a part of the Rock Church for just over a year now uh, with our four kids. And we are the new uh, youth leaders here at church. Uh, Vaughn's, th- thank you. Uh, Vaughn and Jill, Vaughn's brother, got married this week. So they are traveling back with their three little ones. So if you could just keep them in your prayers, if you have ever traveled with small children, you know that that is not a small feat. So just keep them in your prayers. Uh, as they are traveling back, uh, I am really happy to be here this morning. And as I was going over my notes, our nine-year-old said to me, "Don't worry, mom. You can't fail as long as you're teaching about Jesus." And failure hadn't crossed my mind until that point. But we are going to be talking about Jesus. We are in the last uh, week of our series, the Love Like Jesus series, and we've been looking at this idea that if we want to live like Jesus, we have to love the way that Jesus did, and in our first week, uh, Vaughn talked about forgiveness, and when Jesus was hanging on the cross, there was a criminal next to him who asked for forgiveness, and Jesus extended that to him, and not only did he give him forgiveness, but he took it a step further, and he showed him God's goodness, and he said, I will see you in paradise, and so the challenge to us is, if we are going to love like Jesus, we have to forgive others, and then we also have to pray blessings God's goodness over their life. And then last week, Vaughn talked about the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, this idea that if Jesus could leave heaven and he could come to the earth and he would do the lowliest of low jobs to serve those around him, then we need to do the same. We need to be serving our church and we need to be serving our community. And today, I'm really excited. This is something that I I just feel really passionate about. We're going to talk about Jesus breaking bread and I am passionate about food but not just the idea of Jesus eating but of Jesus living in community with other people so we're just going to look at community today and it's something that's just really important to my husband and I we moved we've moved frequently for his job and so every time we go when people take us into their community it's just so special it feels so good to feel like you belong and so I'm excited to get to talk to you today About community. I'm just going to pray quickly uh, before we get started and dive into our message. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for Vaughn and Jill and their leadership in our church, and I thank you for those who are here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord, that it would not be my thoughts and my words that come forward, but that it would be you, Father. I pray that you would speak to each and every heart here, Lord, and that you would use this time to just uh, powerfully impact our lives. It's in your name I pray amen. So, so every once in a while, someone will ask you the question, especially if you're in a new and a group of people, and they'll say, if you could go back to any time in your life, what point would you revisit? And I never have a really great answer because there are several times in my life that I've experienced something really great that would be really fun to revisit. But I can tell you that there's a time in my life that I would never, ever want to revisit, and that was middle school. Six through eighth grade, I hated middle school so much. I was an oldest child in my family, in my uh, family group, my cousins, my cousin Alicia was a month older than I was, so we were in the same group, we were the oldest in our family, and we went to a small church plant where we were the oldest kids in the church. We knew exactly zero older kids who could guide us and kind of how to at least function relatively cool in middle school. And so I hated middle school and I was a kid who had really high anxiety and then you have puberty and everything else that happens during sixth through eighth grade. It was just awful. I hated it. And every day I would go and I was a nervous wreck and I never looked cool and I was never put together, but the worst feeling ever was walking into the cafeteria, especially on the first day of school. And I had come from an elementary school where I had a class of about 15 or 16, And when I went to middle school, I was suddenly surrounded by like almost 300 other sixth graders. And so when I walked into the cafeteria, I knew hardly anyone. And I don't know if it was a rule or if it was just that people were that mean, but there were like seven chairs to a table. And so if you got there late, they would say, sorry, there's not room for you. Or you would approach a table and you knew by the looks of what they were wearing and what you were wearing that you didn't belong there. And so I felt like I was constantly feeling rejection. I felt like I was always on the outside looking in, like I never really fit in, but thankfully we outgrow middle school <laughs> and life got a little better in high school and college and I am a fully functioning adult. So I survived middle school. But what I've loved as I've studied God's word is that Jesus, he always made a place for everyone. If you'll indulge in my illustration, he never said you couldn't sit at his table. In fact, he would pull up a chair He would build a bigger table if he needed to. But if someone wanted to connect with Jesus, he would say, yes, come here. Let me hear your story. Let me tell you mine. I want to tell you the story of my father. And he would change their life. Jesus always made sure that people had a place where they could belong. Community was really important to him. And when we look at scripture, we can look in the Old Testament, even when God commanded his people, they would have feasts and festivals and celebrations that all revolved around food a lot of times. And then when Jesus came to the earth, he spent a lot of time eating with people. He would have one-on-one uh, meals with people, and he ate with his disciples. And sometimes when he was teaching, he would even feed the crowd that he was with. His very last moments on earth were spent in a meal with his closest friends. And it wasn't that they were eating together, it was that they were sharing an experience together and they were connecting and they were learning about each other and they were learning about God's story for their life. And Jesus, I think he wants us to experience community like that. We see in Acts chapter 2 a really excellent example of community. And the book of Acts happens after those first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they tell the story of Jesus coming, him being born, his life on the earth, his death, and his resurrection. And Acts is this book that starts off with Jesus saying, go, go into the world, go make disciples. He said, I'm sending you a helper, the Holy Spirit, and he's gonna guide you, and he's going to teach you, and he's going to lead you, and then he left. And so Acts is kind of the start where The believers are kind of looking at each other and they receive the holy spirit and it's kind of like well now what what does that mean to go make disciples in all the world and god starts leading them in this really powerful way and he leads them into community and this these few verses in acts chapter 2 kind of give us a glimpse of what that looks like acts chapter 2 starting with verse 42 i believe Uh, i think they'll be on the screen they're in your worship guide notes too They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And they means the believers. They're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day They continued to meet together in the temple courts. I'm going to stop right there. We sometimes read the book of Acts, and we read about this powerful church experience that they're having signs and wonders and miracles, and nobody has needs, and they're meeting the needs, and they're praying together and worshiping together, and we think, wow, the early church, they were just a really powerful body of believers, weren't they? And then we say, wouldn't that be cool if we could go back in time and visit that church? But guys, it didn't happen by accident. If you go to the beginning of that passage of scripture, it says they devoted themselves. They were committed to this life. It wasn't that it was God was just giving them an extra special church experience because they were the first of the church. It wasn't because um, they just were they were closer to Jesus. It's because they were devoted to this idea of community. They were devoted to worshiping together and praying together doing life together and when we look at this and we say I want to experience a church like that the good news is we can because God is the same yesterday in the early church today this Sunday in North Platte Nebraska and forever the same spirit that God sent to the early church that was guiding them in such powerful ways is the same spirit that dwells inside each of us as believers today It's the same spirit. If he led them that powerfully, he can lead us that powerfully. And yet there are so many obstacles that keep us from experiencing community in the way that the early church did. And we could go on and on about the list of them. We'll talk about a few as we go forward. But here's the most important part. If community was important to Jesus, it should be important to us. And if jesus lived like that and if jesus loved like that then we have to live in love like that and that leads us to our first point if we want to love like jesus then we have to share the love of jesus with other believers at church hebrews 10 24 through 25 says let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The author of Hebrews is saying, hey, when you get together, you need to be encouraging each other. You need to be motivating each other to these good acts of service and this love. But then he says, do not neglect meeting together because presence matters. Presence is powerful. Early... In our marriage, Jared began working for the company that he works with even today, and his job at the beginning of his time with the company, he was required to travel Monday through Friday, and sometimes he would have to leave Sunday evening, and he wouldn't get home till like really, really late on Fridays, and we really appreciated, especially as we started having kids and our kids got older, that we had things like FaceTime where we could video chat, or I could send him pictures or videos of the kids throughout the week, but on Friday mornings, something really strange would happen in our house. I would wake up suddenly and I would have so much energy. And I was so patient with my kids and they were excitable and we would clean the whole house and we would do fun things because we knew that Jared was coming home that night. We were looking forward to him being there with us. And when he got home, there was such a peace about our house. It was just different than the rest of the week. And then Sunday evening would come We would dread the next day because it would all start over again and it isn't because when Jared was on the road he loved our family any less or we loved him any less it wasn't because we were less committed to our marriage or that he didn't care about our kids well-being it's because presence matters when he was there it was different than just phoning it in and the same is true of our church experience we can listen to podcasts we can listen to the message online and that is great But there is something special about when believers come together and we worship together and we pray together and we hurt with those who are hurting and we celebrate with those who have victories. There's just something really powerful about that. Several weeks ago, Vaughn shared, I don't know if it's a trend or I don't know what you would call it, but it's a reality of the American church. I'm going to drop some truth bombs on you here. The average American Christian, so a good majority of us in this room, the average American Christian spends one time a month in church. So if we look at the average church service being 60 to 90 minutes, that means on average the American Christian is spending 60 to 90 minutes a month in fellowship and connection with other believers on Sunday morning. To put, So you're probably like a C-plus Christian at least if you're here this morning. <laughs> so good job, guys. Now, just to contrast that, the average American, so most of us in this room, spends between two and two and a half hours per day on social media. So in case you were not a C-plus math student <laughs> growing up, That means we're spending almost twice as much time a day scrolling on our phones than we are in church each month. When I read that, it kind of sat kind of heavy on me. Because sometimes when we hear and we just face kind of the brutal reality, it forces us to kind of make some changes that we need to make, right? Presence matters. Presence is powerful, and I know that we're busy people because just to make our lives run normally, we have to go to work, we have to take care of our kids, and our kids have activities, and we have to do laundry, and we have to clean our kitchen floors, some of us, and we have to do a lot of things, right, to to keep our lives just running normally. And we, I I get being busy because we have four kids, and only half of those kids have a life outside of us right now. And in the last month alone, this doesn't include all the the day-to-day stuff, we have started third grade and first grade and preschool and dance and tumbling and football. And our kids will go to SLAM this week. Jared and I will lead youth group this week. And we attempted to potty train our two-year-old all in this process. And you know, sometimes when you look at your schedule and you say something's gotta give, I would like to say it was something noble that we gave up, but we just gave up on potty training. She is still in diapers. It did not go well. But we are a busy house. We get it. We know what it means to be busy. But we have also, since the very beginning of our relationship, prioritized going to church together. Because we know that presence is powerful, that it matters if we're there. And we don't do it perfectly. It's not like we have perfect attendance awards at church. But presence is so powerful it matters so much that Jesus left heaven and he came to earth he left the glory and the majesty and the awesomeness of his home in heaven to come to earth and he could have checked in and he could have done what he needed to do and he could have left but when he was here he spent his time connecting with people spending time he went to temple he preached messages he had dinner with people he spent time with other believers. If it was important to Jesus, it should be important to us. And if we want to live like Jesus, we have to love like Jesus. And that means we do that with a body of believers at church. Our second point this morning is that we can, the second way we can love like Jesus is we love like Jesus with a committed community of people. And I know you're reading that and you're saying you're getting a little redundant on them. You already told us to be at church every week but I think Jesus took it a step further. He didn't just show up to temple and learn God's word and have conversations there. And he didn't just preach to thousands and then go home for the night and go about his day. Remember often in the New Testament, after Jesus would teach to thousands of people and he would come away in the evening and he would be exhausted, he would be surrounded by his closest friends. And what were they doing? They were talking about the things that he taught them. They were sharing their lives together. They were eating together, and they were just doing life together. There is power in our corporate worship for all of us to be together here on Sundays. But I think some of the deepest transformation that happens in our life is not necessarily on Sunday morning, but when we get together with believers outside of church, and they share their story, and we share our story, and we say, God, what is your story? That's when powerful transformation happens. And at the Rock Church, community is actually one of our values. And oddly enough, this week we're kicking off what we call our community groups. We believe so much that powerful transformation happens when we get together and we get a little more intimate and we get to know each other and we're connected a little more that we create a time for you to get together with other believers to grow and to transform, to share your story, to hear other stories, and to ask what's God's story. And this week, we will kick off our community groups. We have sign-ups in the back in case you missed those. And you can get online and you can sign up. Or if you're a 6th through 12th grader, you can hang out with us. That's your community group. Acts chapter 2 verses 46 through 47. I'm going to revisit the last part of those verses. It says, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Not only did Jesus spend time connecting with people a little more personally, but the early church did this. It says, they broke bread in their homes, plural, It wasn't like they got together for a service, for a potluck dinner, which I'm sure they did, but they were meeting in individual homes and groups, and they were sharing a meal together, and they were sharing what God was doing. They were sharing their needs. They were just doing life together, and they were benefiting, but something even more powerful happened. The end of that verse says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, when they were loving each other and doing life together, and God was doing powerful things in the midst of this community, there were people on the outside who were looking in, and these believers weren't creating like a Christian country club where it was exclusive membership, and you had to dress a certain way or talk a certain way or act a certain way, but when people would say, why are you guys doing that, or what is going on in your life, they would say, let me introduce you to Jesus, and lives daily, we're being changed by the gospel. And I think that same thing happens in our communities. We led a community group uh, last spring at our home, and something kind of cool happened. We would have a bunch of cars pull up every Sunday evening, and our neighbors started saying, what, are you having a party without us? And we were like, actually, no. Would you like to come to the party? And... They didn't come right away, but we began to be able to share with them our life and our story and how God's story has impacted our story. And over the summer, one of our neighbors went to the gun club community group that Vaughn was leading because hunting is a hobby of his. And so his story has begun to connect with our story and more importantly, with God's story. Because when we get together and we connect as a community, God does powerful things in our life, but more importantly, he does powerful things in the lives of other people. He wasn't pulling people from other churches, which is fantastic if you're part of the Rock Church, we're so glad you're here, but he was adding new believers daily, and I can't help but think that there are people in North Platte who need to meet Jesus. And we can, on Sunday mornings, we can come together and we can have a powerful experience by loving like Jesus in a community, a church community, but we can also love like Jesus in individual groups who are loving like Jesus and other people are learning about Jesus. I don't, I don't know where you're sitting this morning. I know some of you are hearing this message and you're like, I'm a C plus, I'm okay with that. I would challenge you to just look at your schedule and say, what would it take to get here twice a month? What would it take to be here three times a month? What would it take to get here regularly? Because I firmly believe that if you can get here, God will meet you here and he will begin to do some really great, powerful things in your life. And I know some of you say, Autumn, I'm a regular attender. I'm like, B plus, A minus Christian. If attendance is what matters, I'm on it. And my challenge to you would be, take it a step further. Just like Jesus, find a group, a a friend, I don't care what you want to call it, a community group, a small group, a Bible study. Get plugged in and start sharing your story and let others share their story and ask God, how do you want to be a part of this? And I guarantee you, powerful things will happen. Some of the most transformational times in my life is when I was serving and living life with other believers who were just encouraging and praying and we were sharing life together and God met us every single time and other lives were being impacted as well and then maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like wow all this talk about community sounds great but maybe you feel like you're on the outside looking in like maybe you don't have a seat at the table and friend, I have really good news for you. Jesus, he saved you a seat. He is ready to start a relationship with you. He's ready to change your life and get you plugged into this community. He loves you so much. Would you guys bow your heads? We're gonna pray. If that's you this morning, if you're, you just want a seat with Jesus, you just wanna know him more, I'm gonna say a prayer, and you can say the same prayer or you can say something like it, but to start a relationship with Jesus, just have to confess with your mouth and believe that he is who he says he is, that he is the son of God, that he came for you, that he died for your sins, and that when he rose, he was done. You can have a relationship with him that easily. Lord, we thank you that having a relationship with you is so simple. And Lord, we believe that you are who you say you are. Lord, that you're the son of God, that you died for our sins. When you rose, Lord, you took those away and that you give us life and power and community through that. Lord, be a part of my life. Give me a seat at your table. And Lord, I pray for those who are sitting here this morning. Maybe it's hard to make church attendance on Sunday a priority. Lord, there are so many things in our lives. I pray that you would move in their heart this week, that you would show them little pockets or help them to manage their time or that you would just show them things that they can shuffle around or get rid of so that they can be in church on Sunday, Lord, with other believers worshiping and praying and fellowshipping and knowing your presence. And Lord, I pray for those that it's going to take every ounce of courage to walk into a a small group this week. Lord, I have been there. I know that feeling. I pray that you would with them. Give them the courage to sign up, to show up, and I pray that you would work in their lives in a powerful, powerful way. Lord, thank you again for this time together. We thank you for your word and for your example, that we can live like you if we love like you. We pray these things in your name.